Welcome to the Been There, Lost Fat podcast, real education and advice from people who get it. We've been there, lost fat, and successfully helped many others in doing so. We're here to help you weed through all of the bad information and gimmicks to reach your health, fitness, and physique goals in a sustainable way. I'm Sarah Fucinari, an integrative health practitioner, certified nutrition coach, and head coach of Team Fit With Me, here with my assistant coach and right-hand lady, also certified nutrition coach, Jess Beloy. What's up, girl? Hey. Um, got another awesome guest. Actually, I think this is going to be the most fun, like connect the dots story. Um, but today we have Amanda Valentine on the podcast. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. I feel like the pressure's on. I've been on your podcast like 10 times now. (laughs) (laughs) So a little role reversal. Yeah, I like it. It's like less pressure for me. I'm like, oh, cool. I get asked questions this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, the pressure's got to go somewhere. My seat's getting hot. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on. You have an awesome story. You've inspired so many people, including me. I would not be in this chair if it weren't for you. Um, and so I would love for you to start by just kind of like introducing yourself to anybody that might not know who you are, even though within our team, you're like a celeb. Um, and then we can dive into all the health and fitness stuff. Um, well, I'm Amanda Valentine and I um, am a podcast host. I've been hosting the Palmas podcast since January of 2018. And um, I, that, that I started that podcast based on my own health and wellness journey that has been lifelong. And part of that journey is starting, uh, which I won't even go through the whole thing right now, but like, uh, you know, which is being obese for most of my life and struggling and yo-yo dieting and binge eating and all of the things to becoming a certified personal trainer and nutritionist and completely changing careers to work in health and wellness. So, um, yeah, making healthier decisions for myself, like literally changed my entire life from not only, but my body to my mindset, to my job. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. And your, I mean, your journey inspired me to get into the biz as well. And we'll dive into that. Um, but like what, what, what started it all? When was the, when was the first diet? Let's play that game. Um, well, surprisingly, it's not earlier because statistics show that girls start on their first diet when they're eight years old. Um, which is insane. Yeah. Is he just raising? Yeah. Yeah. That was me. So many young girls going on Weight Watchers. Um, Mm -hmm. not, not to just throw Weight Watchers under the bus. I jumped right to 1200 calories. 1200 calories is the first thing. Oh, wait, you know, you know what? I might've cut carbs first. I might've just eliminated food groups. Um, well, I think that's, I mean, I guess the first official diet I did was Atkins and that would have been, I was 20. So okay. I spent, even though I was like obese as a child, like I was wearing like adult size clothing as a six year old that mm-hmm. I knew like, but the thing is too, cause I'm like, I'm old and like the internet wasn't really a thing until I was in high school or like later high school. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I could just Google healthy eating. I didn't live in a healthy eating household. I li- lived in a very low income household where a lot of food was like donated from churches. So it's like, you get what you get, mm-hmm. which is everybody's donated boxes of au gratin potatoes and cans of chili and like highly processed, probably past the expiration date food. (laughs) And so I didn't really know what healthy meant. It's nothing that they taught us in school. I also grew up in a really small town in Illinois. And so it's not like that was like top of mind to teach children of like, what's your nutrition? And it still isn't, but it definitely wasn't in the nineties in small town, Illinois. And so I knew I had to like eat salads. And so what I would do is just like take a bag of salad and literally just squirt like a half a bottle of ranch uh-huh. on it. <laughs> and that to me was like, I'm like, I'm me in like high school, middle school age thinking like I'm on a diet. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like I'm going out for a walk or anything like that, or I'm making, like, I'm going to not just mainline Dr. Pepper. It was, um, I'm eating this salad now and that's more than I ever did. And I mean, so that was my idea of dieting until I moved out I moved away from my first uh, full-time radio job because I, I always wanted to work in radio my whole life. And so I moved out uh, when I was 20 and then that's when the Atkins thing was real huge. So like, well, I'm going to try that because obviously in my mind, I'm like, I'm fat and gross and unlovable and unwanted. And I was living in this new state by myself. And so my, my version of Atkins was like literally like baloney 
and like hot dogs because I was also poor. Like my first full-time radio job, I made 15 grand a year. So I was just, I mean, I ate so much bologna. And then I got new so awful. I know, but I love bologna. Oh yeah, I haven't had it in forever, but I could totally probably eat the entire package of it. <laughs> My first Atkins was um, like pounds of ground beef. And I would make like these, like the taco seasoning. And I'll tell you, I, I did that like in high school. And I remember, I mean, I, I lost some weight, but I would be like writhing in pain because I was so constipated that I would like not be able to go to school because I had zero fiber in my diet. But I would just make, I'd be like, this is awesome. I can be a whole pound of ground beef. And I would just go for it. Oh my God. I didn't do that. Actually, do you know what that reminds me? Because I'm like, I don't know if I lost any weight up until that point. And I did once because we were like getting some home renovations and I moved in with my cousin when I was in college just for like a month or two. And his girlfriend worked at Cinnabon, but like all I like in this weird because all I ate was like Cinnabons and cranberry juice. And somehow I lost weight because that was better than what I was eating at home. <laughs> and you're like caloric deficit for the win somehow <laughs> and i don't know why cranberry juice at the time but it was like cranberry because i was also working no utis it was great yeah it was awesome i was just loving life <laughs> um i have to tell you that i had my first cinnabon ever last year it's just like never been my thing and i tried a cinnabon like thing from like this vegan place i like door dashed it one night and i was like oh it's the best thing ever and then i got a real cin i think it was my birthday i had mark cook it with cinnaholic oh my god <laughs> no the real cinnabons are the real fucking oh no oh, you know where, where yeah. it started we were in mexico and we had friends that brought like a, a the ones from costco and that's when i was mm -hmm. like pretty good and then i tried the vegan one and then i had the real cinnabon one cinnabon oh. one i can get why those are a problem mm -hmm. a big problem <laughs> Yeah, I haven't had one of those probably since that point in time. <laughs> so yeah, they're it's they're no joke. But I, I mean, I had like three bites, and then I was like, all right, I'm not going to feel good on my birthday if I continue uh, on yeah. this path. <laughs> I ate some salad for two months. <laughs> <laughs> How was your digestion? I mean, I don't remember it being a problem, but I'm sure it was a, a, like already a disaster area. So it's like that was nothing I even like ever paid attention to. Right. Like it's just yeah, I just never paid attention to any of that stuff. And so mm -hmm. even when I did Atkins, I didn't lose weight. But then I got, I met my new neighbors downstairs and I got new coworkers and then they're like, we're older than you and we can hook you up with beer. And I'm like, okay, Atkins is over. It's time to go into binge drinking. And so then I did that um, for a while. And then I worked, I moved for my next radio job where I did a morning, my first morning show. And then I worked at Subway in the afternoon um, because I had to pay my bills because radio makes you poor. And then even the same thing, I wasn't trying to lose weight, but I would make Subway uh, like the unhealthiest as possible. Like I would make salads, but like just put so much crap on them. Mm -hmm. Or I would just like get like a, make myself a huge cup of like the seafood and crab salad and like mainline that. Loves that. There's like one, I don't even know if they have them in Arizona. When we were in Colorado, there's like one Subway that still had it and he would go oh. get it. Wait, yeah. were you at Subway during the, the guy that lost all the weight from Subway? The Jared era, I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's when I was in high school. I Because everybody would come in, they're like, is Jared working? <laughs> like, I mean, we're all like 16. We're like, oh yeah, that's really hilarious. You guys suck. <laughs> and the Tybo guy, Billy Blanks, that was a Subway thing for a while too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Subway, Subway's had its little game in the diet place. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so I didn't lose any weight there. And then I moved to New York for my next morning show job. And I, when I first moved there, that's actually when I, I met my ex-husband and we spent all of our time binge drinking and binge eating and just eating like just garbage food all the time and drinking. And then through the radio station, they offered me to do like an endorsement deal for LA weight loss, which was big at the time. And so I'm like, yes, I've like wanted to lose weight my whole life. And I, I've never really lost any weight. Like, again, like I, I lost the, a little bit of weight during the Cinnabon era, but I didn't weigh myself. I just knew my clothes fit different. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I did that and I was so strict on it because it was through the radio station and I was going on the air talking about my results. And I'm like, I'm not going to lie. Like I want to do right. my best job. I'm not going to do something 
that I'm not really going to do and I'm not going to promote something that I'm not actually living. And that's just kind of like been my standard forever. So, I mean, I was so strict on it. I did lose 60 pounds in six months, but that was like, so like, I don't even, I, the calorie count had to be like 600 calories a day. Like it would literally be like, you're allowed to have, I remember, cause this was my, my favorite snack. My favorite thing I got to eat was one, one of those, like, you know, like the dry breadsticks, like the yes. long dry breadsticks. <laughs> I'm it was like scared one, what you're about to say right now. It was one long dry breadstick and literally a teaspoon of I can't believe it's not butter. Oh my god! And that, that was my favorite snack. Um, and then if I could have ketchup, it was a teaspoon of ketchup. Um, and it was just like so low amounts of food, and it would literally be like you can have six wheat thins and you can have mm-hmm. like seven grapes, and and it was like, so like, there was like, re- like your little dots that you filled in of how many vegetables and stuff you could have. And, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, it was like barely anything. So I'm like, of course I lost weight. Cause I mean, I was right. in an insane caloric deficit. And so, um, I lost it 60 pounds in six months and that was awesome. And I was really hyped about it. And then I moved for my next radio job where again, the endorsement deal didn't, I didn't have that anymore. And I was like, okay, well, I, I think in my head, I'm like, I know what to do now. Like, I'm going to be mm-hmm. fine. And I, it didn't teach me anything. It didn't teach me a damn thing. Um, and so I didn't understand what I was eating and why other than just to eat like tiny little bits of stuff and only to do exactly what they told me. So I'm like, if I'm not eating exactly what they told me, I don't know. I don't understand how to eat. And right. so of course, and then I just started drinking again. And then it was just kind of like, well, I've we're, we're moving into a new city. We got to go out to eat and we got to do all these things and we're making new friends and we're going out drinking. And then when we're done drinking, we're going to go out and we're going to eat a bunch of shitty food. So it started coming back again. Then I did Weight Watchers. I did Weight Watchers twice and I gained weight both times because counting points stressed me out so much that I wouldn't eat all day because I was so worried about eating all my points. Then I would like binge at night, but I'd binge like really weird things like refried beans. Like, I don't know why right. I have like such weird food habits. I'm like Cinnabons, <laughs> refried <laughs> beans, <laughs> bologna. <laughs> so, so that didn't really work. And I hated going to the meetings, which is also one of the reasons why I wanted to start my podcast and stuff. And I did too. Cause I'm like, I wanted to have like a community and I didn't want to do it alone but I felt really alone in those meetings because in the specific one I went to, it just like nobody was in my age group and it felt like it was really judgmental. Um, right. It felt like, because I mean, I didn't like you to weigh yourself in front of everybody, which is was not my jam. And then it was almost kind of like stank eye if you didn't lose weight. And mm-hmm. it just felt Karen's really- anonymous. Yeah, pretty much. And so I just didn't like that at all. And then um, when I was getting ready to get married, I wanted to lose weight to get into my wedding dress. My, my whole goal at that point was I'm like, I just didn't want to have a double chin. So I'm like, okay, I don't have to be skinny. I just don't want a double chin in my wedding photos. So the three months before my wedding, I did really strict South Beach. Like, so when you do South Beach diet, like the first two weeks is just lean meats and green vegetables and like a bare minimum of nuts. And so instead of just doing that for two weeks and moving on, I did that for three months. I think I did that too when I did South Beach. Really? Because <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm losing so much weight this way. Let's just keep it going. Yeah. If starving works, then starving more just must work better. Well, exactly. And so mm-hmm. I lost, it was like 30 or 40 pounds. Um, and then on my wedding day, like, of course, like I had my first drink of alcohol and was hammered because I didn't have like any carbs for three months. Um, but then as soon as the wedding was over, I was just like, oh, well, I don't have to do that anymore. And then just start eating again. And then I moved to Denver for another radio job. And then I went right back into the cycle of it's a new city and I want to go out and drink and meet new people. And I want to go out and eat and all of that weight came back. And then I'd say the really big turning point for me is the job that I moved there for ended up just being like awful. It was a really traumatic experience uh, with some really bad people. <laughs> and so outside of that job. And I left that job. I started my next job. And like within a few months of that, I was just kind of like every night I would just go home and binge. Like I just didn't know how to deal with my emotions at all. I just hated my body. Cause of course for me, I'm like, of course I fail at all of this. I try to lose weight and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I hate myself. Everybody in Colorado is like fit and beautiful and I am not. And I just, to, just to deal with all of my emotions, I would go um, out every night whenever my then husband was at work and I would just hit multiple drive-throughs because I'm like, I would just dream all day of like, how, like, what am I going to binge on? Like, ooh, Me too. How am I, gonna- I used to do that too. I used to, I had like a specific binge order that I would have for takeout. That was like the thing that I would binge on because it would always be my quote unquote last meal before oh, I yeah, finally yeah. fix my life. And so it was what always was- something specific. It was a baked ziti pizza and a tuna fish sub. Like that was the thing that I would ooh. order and I would eat myself sick because it's going to be my, it's my food funeral. I'm going to start it tomorrow. I'm going to change my life. The next day, reliably, I would wake up with an awful stomach ache and then I wouldn't eat all day because I didn't feel well. And then it would be, I would be hungry. And then it would be like, okay, well now this is the last. Yeah. And I did that for a lot of years. Yeah. Same. I mean, I mean, that's where, I mean, I was doing this stuff all along, but I'd say it was the point where it was every single night. And I think that, I think the part that like really woke me up to it more than anything is because I was hiding it and I was being Mm -hmm. so secretive. And all of the trash from everything, I would hide, I had a little hidey hole under the sink because I didn't want him to know. Like, I thought it was like so shameful and embarrassing that I was like eating so much. Um, And then I, yeah, I would do where I would order two large pizzas and the pizza guy would come over and like legitimately like be like, hey guys, pizza's here. And there's no one home. Like this pizza dude gives a shit at all that (laughs) I'm eating the same way. I was the same way. I I actually was talking recently about how I remember when, so binge, I mean, binging is like secrecy. That's like, we can, we can definitely link those two things together across the board. And I remember that like when I, when Mark and I moved in together, that there was a moment that he stepped outside and I like went to go sneak like a fucking handful of cashews. Like it was just because I'd been so used to engaging in that behavior and it was not, it didn't fit into my macros for the day. So I was technically like cheating. Right. And so I went to reach for it. And I literally remember like holding the nuts in my hand, <laughs> holding them by the nuts and, and thinking <laughs> to myself, why, why do you want to be a liar to your husband? Like, you know, because we, like Mark and I met as adults, so totally different dynamic than than your situation. Um, but you know, and I had already been through my transformation too. And I was like, you're really gonna, you're really gonna start the cycle again, Sarah. And I remember like that point in time, like literally putting the nuts back where they belonged and being like, he gives no fucks what I'm eating. He like literally, he doesn't know if this isn't on my macros. He has no idea. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just so weird how like you go into this headspace, how it's just so, such a like shameful mm-hmm. base around food and like how much you just terrorize yourself over it even like even a thing like nuts like that's a healthy choice but yeah so you're stupid. still it's, it's like shameful it's like it's wild how like how um, twisted we get in our own head about all this stuff mm-hmm. so so i was just like in just a super bad place mentally um physically everything and i also just felt like i'm like this is not my life like it didn't feel like me at all like especially like living in colorado i'm like i live in one of the most beautiful places i'm so lucky that i'm i'm able to live here especially like the way i grew up and and everything that um you know what my life had been where i'm like wow i have this like amazing opportunity to live in one of the most beautiful places and like and i don't even go outside I binge drink with my friends. I binge eat in private. I hide my body at all times. I don't even go outside for walks. I lived in like the coolest neighborhood that was super, super walkable. And I'm like, I don't do anything. I'm like, is this, is this my life? Is this it? Cause especially cause I was 29 and I'm going into like, you know, my thirties and I'm like, is this what my life is? Is this what, how I want my life to live? This like, doesn't feel authentically like me or who I want to be. And so I'm like, I have to do something. And it, and it just like, that's where it started more so for me, other than like, there was the weight loss element too. Cause I think just weight loss has always been on my mind. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like ingrained in me, like forever. I don't know if that ever part of that is ever going to be fully out of my head. Um, so there was that, but also just like, I just need to like, feel better. Like, I just like need to feel like I'm like living my life. And so um, I was doing a New Year's resolution thing with the morning show I was on. There was three of us. And of course, there was like some study that showed that like, you know, and again, this is like the end of 2011. <clears throat> and so it's not as much of the like small habits thing as you kind of hear all the time as the narrative mm-hmm. now. That was definitely not the narrative then. And so it was like, you should break down your New Year's resolution into 90 days. And so the three of us are like, 
reading this new story and we're like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I'm like, well, let's do each of us like do three little resolutions, mini resolutions. We want to get accomplished in 90 days. We're going to put them in an envelope. And then in 90 days, we're going to open them up and see if we accomplish them. Ooh, a resolution uh, time capsule type of thing. Yeah. I've heard your story before. I haven't heard it back into the trenches like that. So I'm learning new things today. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So we did. And it was, I mean, it was also because it was a radio bit. So it gave us content three months from now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Always thinking ahead that, Amanda. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so um, I know like, because one of the guy on the show, which well, this is so great that he was so open about this and he's been a guest on my podcast also, always dealt with like he had binge eating issues and eating disordered eating and a lot of body dysmorphia and like very unhappy in his own body, which I think is amazing because most men don't share that out loud, even though so many men struggle with the same problem. And so we talked about that and he's just like, his goal was to do weight loss stuff. And I'm like, well, I'll do weight loss with you. We'll kind of make that a challenge and hold each other accountable. So I, I don't remember what my three are, but I remember two, cause I actually stuck to two of them. And one was I like, I was going to lose weight uh, or I wanted to lose 15 pounds in three months, but not by dieting, by my new plan, which was make the best decision possible in every moment, because dieting had not worked for me in the past. And I'm like, I just can't, like, I always get hung up on, which I had to think through of like, where do I always mess up? And like, it's, oh, it's when life comes up, when fun things come up, I'm like, I'm going to bail on all of these restrictions, all these healthy things to be like, do what I want. So I'm like, well, what's instead of like going all or nothing, how can I make a better decision in each moment and dictate how each moment it's going to make those choices versus it's all this one way or it's all this other way. So I wanted to lose the 15 pounds by trying that, by just trying to be more relaxed. And then um, I wanted to floss every day. So um, I stuck to both of those for the most part. I still do floss every day. And that was <clears throat> my New Year's resolution in 2012. And again, I don't remember what the third thing was. But so from making that kind of decision, I did start out lower carb because that's just what had worked for me in the past. But it wasn't like this. It wasn't eating baloney. <laughs> and I knew like it's it kind of started lower carb and where it started for me again, making better decisions where I'm like, I know I don't eat vegetables. I to me, and it's so funny because as a coach and doing my podcast for so long, that's a huge comment I have heard a ton of like, I just hate vegetables. And I'm like, well, I did too. And I'm like, but how can you find a way that you like them? So like for me, I'm like, well, I like stir fry, but I need to put a butt ton of stir fry sauce on it to like it. And I'm like, if that's what I got to do right now, so I get a vegetable in my face, that's what I got to do. It can't be like, oh, it needs to just be yeah. steamed and like, like a little, you know, spritz of lemon on there. And then I'm, I'm boring. Good. Yeah, right. Well, don't you find that over time that your taste changed too? Because like I, oh, so the Amanda that I know, like, like I've seen, I've seen you eat plenty of vegetables without complaint um, these days, but I've only met you in the past couple of years. But I find yeah. that like, even clients that come to me and they're like, I can only drink 20 ounces of water. I'm just not thirsty. You want to know how you get thirsty? You drink more water. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know how you like vegetables? You find out how, how you like them and then you eat more vegetables. And then you develop a taste for it. And I used to get so annoyed when my parents used to say that to me, like, it's just going to, you know, just going to got to keep doing it. And then you're going to start liking it. And I was like, fuck this. Absolutely <laughs> not. But it's true. It really is true. And just like the, like I, I had a client that checked in a couple weeks ago. She's a longtime client a listener of yours for sure. Yeah, awesome. And she, a couple, a couple weeks in a row was like, she's just starting to find her, like lose her groove a little bit. And she's been going strong for like two years. Um, and she kept using the word motivation. And I said to her, it's like, you're standing at the train station waiting for a train. That's not going to come. The motivation isn't just going to come and like sweep you up. But if you yeah. start, you're, you start doing the work, then you're going to find that it comes. And I find that on a lot of these cases, we get caught in like this cycle of like, I feel like shit, so I don't do shit. So I feel like shit, so I don't yeah. do shit. And the only way to break that cycle is to get uncomfortable. And in yeah. your case, you know, eat some vegetables. But I do find that like we're, we're always like waiting for this like wave of something to just come over us. When a lot of times it's just you got to be uncomfortable and you have to do it. And then you'll be like, oh, well, doing this isn't so bad. Now I feel like doing it. Yeah. Well, not only that, like not only that expectation, and this is something that, you know, I've dealt with a lot, especially in the past few years of like waiting for like life to ease up in some sort of way. Like, oh, when life gets a little bit easier, then, then I can focus on this. I'm like, okay, when's life going to get easier? Like it doesn't. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry yeah. for the bad news. <laughs> well, like, Spoiler alert. I, yeah, well, I, I think that there are definitely like, you know, more ideal times than others, but there's never going to be yeah. the perfect time. And I always yeah, say like, listen, stress-free to start it, to like, to start eating healthy. Like, <laughs> we're, we're really in trouble. Free. Well, you know what? It's funny. Like I did that. So when I started my journey, I did kind of hole up. Like I was single living by myself. It was just, just me and my old man dog who's sitting at my feet right now. And I really did hide from the world and it didn't serve me because it didn't teach me how to live healthily in the world. But that was how I chose to start my journey. Um, but I can also say that the, the value that that provided for me is that I really just decided that this was going to be the most important thing above all other things. So I developed habits and behaviors that when real world came for me, that I was able to continue on. And I think that's really important to note in any journey, in any health journey, is that everything's seasonal and cyclical. And your goals are going to change and your, you know, the things that you're going to do are going to change. But there's still like foundational things that you can do. So like when you're making this immense progress on the super dialed in times um, where life is, you know, is tipping its hat your way, then the times that you can't. Um, you know, you can lean on some of those basic things to kind of tide you through. And I think that that's is where you really find that like sustainability and where you find that balance word that everybody talks about that we can't ever have that we think we can't ever have that I've recently yeah. found at the tail end of my journey as well. Um, it's just like knowing that things are going to ebb and flow, man. That's, that's just how it goes. Yeah. But that's where I'm like knowing that that like should not stop you from starting. Like you're going to like right. if you can't have the idea that you have to start with perfection. Like mm -hmm. the, you know what I mean? Like if you just got to start somewhere. If it's just starting with drinking an extra glass of water a day and you only do that for two months, that's still progress. Better than- Well, I, we have that, we, we've talked about it. This is now the 16th episode. And on every single episode, we've talked about the time factor. We want to be perfect because we want it to happen fast. But yeah. ultimately it doesn't happen any faster because we end up falling off the wagon and having these hard swings and these binges mm -hmm. and these all in all out. Um, but we want it to happen fast, right? So would you arguably say that the game changer for you for like when you really made it happen, what, 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 what new year's was it? 2012, 2012, um, that you took time off the table and that was a big part of your success for sure. Yeah, because it was like, I don't need to, I mean, other than that new, that little challenge at the radio station, which is to lose 15 pounds in three months, like I, that was a little bit of a motivator because like I, that, I said that on the air, but at the same time, that wasn't my main motivation. Like that's where it's mm -hmm. just kind of like, even if I did that, never in my mind was like, you have to lose a hundred pounds. Like it, it, like before in the past was like, you have to lose all of this. You need to be skinny. You need to be hot. Like all of these things were in my head. And this time it was like, no, I just need to feel better and feel like I'm authentically living my life, whatever that means and however long that takes. So I definitely took all of that, these like strict timelines uh, off the table, just like I did for my wedding. Like I need to have this done by this date to be done by my mm -hmm. wedding. And then as soon as you got there, like then, then what, you know what I mean? So that it definitely was more like, I need to change my lifestyle and I'm just kind of go with the flow, try to just ride the current more and see where that takes me and really kind of like lean in and learn about myself rather than trying to force myself to hit weight loss goals or, um, you know, like I have to sit in this fit in the size pant or I need to wear a size medium shirt or whatever my thing was, which those were goals along the way, but it didn't like terrorize me that I didn't get them like fast enough. Cause I'm like, Hey, everything right, like else seems to work and I'll get there. Sometimes. So like <laughs> you didn't let your, uh, that the pressure of that impact your daily actions. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, so I could just like, yeah, I didn't, it didn't throw me into like an, un, like a bad binge, like an emotional binge. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I still like binged through definitely that first year. Cause I just didn't, again, like mm -hmm. that was an emotional response of like, I didn't know how to deal with life. Um, and so it's like, I still needed that. Like it was like my release of like, I don't, mm -hmm. I feel overwhelmed. I, and I know that about me anyway. Like, I just don't know how to deal with really strong emotions. And rather than feeling my emotions, I want to numb them out. And I numb them out by yep. eating. And so like then, and I, I've talked to um, therapists about this on this, on, or on my podcast before. And I was just kind of like- Does it feel like you're at home right now? You feel like you're on your own pod? I know, I know, it's weird. <laughs> I was like, what's my presence? What's talking about me? That, um, 
that I even brought up, I'm like, I can't, I don't know if this is the healthiest choice and I'm not telling anybody to do this, but like what the decision I made for myself was, I know I have to have this like thing. I have to have the food to numb out. Like I can't get rid of that. I don't know how to do this. So I would just eat massive bags of baby carrots. So girl, same fucking, (laughs) literally same food, sugar snap peas also. Ah, Yeah, that's a good one. Something yeah. that I have a massive quantity of that wouldn't have yes. the same kind of consequences because I wanted that mm. uncomfortable full feeling. I that was part that was part of my healing from binging. To be honest, was I, I instead of saying no, you can't binge, it would say yes, but you can binge on this. Yeah, I did that, and I made just so many kale chips. Um, <laughs> I would make kale chips every night, and it's so funny because I just bought more kale because I'm doing like this little. We'll get there where I'm at right now, but I'm doing this like little gut reset thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't made kale chips in so long. I used to eat them every single night for like two years. And so, um, yeah, I mean, so like PTSD or like nice memories. No, it was nice memory. Well, but I had them (laughs) so dialed in to the exact, like, cause every oven varies. So it sounds like there's a, it sounds like there's a real brew in here on your kale chip recipe. (laughs) Well, the thing is like the way that I like them, I don't know if they're, if they're really like appealing to other people, um, but like the, how I did them is like, I had at the time I lived across the street from a whole foods and they had a specific olive oil that they don't have anymore. That was the olive, that was the jam. And so I would put my olive oil on my kale and then I used spike seasoning, but I had it down to like a science of like exactly how much was the perfect amount of spike seasoning. And then I had my oven so dialed in, I knew like the perfect amount to get like the right ratio of like crispy, but not burnt. And like mm-hmm. some like little like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I just like, I, but I, I fidgeted with it forever. Cause again, like I went from just eating bologna, you don't go just from eating bologna to like loving kale chips. <laughs> and so it's like, it was just like a science and a process of like experimenting of like, how can mm-hmm. I, how, how can I like this thing? And that like the kale chips came after like the, again, I walk before you can run. So it was started, it all started with the, like the stir fry. And then the stir fry changed where I'm like, okay, well I'm not, now I'm not putting a half a bottle of stir fry sauce on it. It doesn't feel as good anymore. It doesn't taste as good. My taste buds changed. And again, like we were talking about before, how your palate changes through all of that. If anybody thinks they don't like fruit or vegetables, do a two day fast. Don't eat a damn thing for two days and you'll be begging for a cucumber. Like you'll, I love you'll that apple. Berry, and it'll be the best thing you have ever eaten. You'll be like, how did I ever think I needed cake? All I need is this strawberry after you don't eat anything for two days. I <laughs> wouldn't be able to make it. I wouldn't be able to make it through a two day fast. I would be, I'm, I'm angry enough after like five hours. <laughs> yeah, I did a couple of years ago, I did a 64 hour fast and then I did oh. a really very clean keto for a week after that. And I felt awesome. Like I felt oh like God. a new human. It was amazing. I'll feel, I'll feel like shit. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Jess is going to be like, you know, Sarah, I'm going to take some vacation days while you're doing that fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, no thanks. No thanks. But it was fun, so fun fact. When it comes to kids, uh, it takes 15 to 20 introductions to fruits and vegetables oh. for them to like accept them. And I don't think that adults are any different. I agree. Like, with that. You have to just keep re- reintroducing these things. Well, and I think you got to try things different ways too. You got to cook them in different mm-hmm. ways. You got to like try different seasonings. Like you got to get, you can't just try it once and be like, never for, again. Like, did you really try it? And that's the same. I feel like the same thing about taking like different or doing different exercises or taking different fitness classes of like, I took a bar class and I'm like, I hate it. And I'm like, do I really? Or is it just new? And I felt stupid. You need mm-hmm. to go a few more times and see if you like it. Turns out I do hate that one, but like, <laughs> 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 but like, me too. Too much pulsing. I just hurt my feet too much. <laughs> like it feels like there's like nails in my feet. I hate it. But um, but that's where like with anything, like I'm not gonna try something or try a food and be like immediately write it off without trying it in different mm-hmm. ways. And same thing with exercise. I'm not gonna be like that's not for me until I try it and give it a solid chance before I'm like no, I don't want to do CrossFit again, or no, I don't want to do bar classes again, or no, I don't want to do yoga again or whatever it is. So um, I think that was a big, that was a mindset shift for me at that time too, was just to be more open to that stuff and don't make myself doing stuff I hated because I had gym memberships all through my twenties that I never went. Like I did, would show up and go on That's the elliptical. Whole point. Block. Yeah. Like getting out of same business. <laughs> So, but what happened when I started this new year's resolution was I'm like, but I like 
walking and I'm, I'm mostly just like listening to like podcasts and music. So then I'm like, well, let's just walk around. And so it started really small, like less than a mile. And I even remember the first time I walked three miles, it like blew my mind. Um, and at that time I didn't have a Fitbit. I was mapping everything on like the map, my run app. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, things up on MapQuest. Don't come on. You can, you can tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause I mean, I just lived in, you know, downtown Denver. So then I was like walking mm-hmm. to different parks and I really got into, um, my favorite podcast. And so I just like really fell in love with the process of like walking, listening to podcasts, listening to my favorite music. And I'm like, and then just making better food choices. And I'm like, well, this is actually working because I'm actually enjoying what I'm doing. Before it was like shoehorning in stuff that I thought I had to do, which was go to the gym and eat a teaspoon of, I can't believe it's not butter. And like, that's where it's like, I thought those are the things I had to do in order to lose weight. And I'm like, I was actually like enjoying the process and then it was working. And then like things progressively just got more and more. So then my food got cleaner and cleaner and my exercise and I like why I was walking so much and I felt like I had so much energy. I downloaded um, a couch to 5k podcast. Um, she doesn't do it anymore, but she's also awesome. And we're Instagram friends uh, is the chubby Jones podcast. So that's what I listened to. Oh, was my okay. Couch to 5k. And, um, and then I learned to run and I ran my first mile without stopping when I was 30 years old. And I just like stopped and cried in the middle of the street when I made it. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, I just ran a mile without stopping. You know, I'm slow, but I'm like, I still do it. Okay. And so then I just started running more and more and then started joining races. And then um, I moved to Oregon and then I got really into hiking. And so I didn't even have a gym membership until I moved to Cincinnati. Um, I think my, I started my first gym membership in 2016. So, I mean, by that point I'd already lost, uh, you know, a hundred pounds and we had been maintaining it from like, I'd say it took me about two and a half years to lose the weight because it was nice and slow, not 60 pounds in six months. And then just really like, ladies and gentlemen, she's kept it off. She still is mostly. (laughs) We all have our ebbs and flows, but there is no doubt that you're a huge fucking success story, Amanda. Don't minimize that for one bit. She's sitting here talking to us with at least 20 medals behind her from various various marathons and things that she's done. Don't minimize your success one bit, girl. You you really are such a big success story. And for a decade, and for a decade now, over a decade, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, and that's where it's like, yeah. And then through that process, how were me starting my podcast and and all of that was, I was at my radio job and because, and then I became involved with like the American Heart Association here in Cincinnati and stuff with Go Red and sharing my story and story about prevention and just like, you know, being healthier and how much that can like reduce chronic disease. And um, my boss asked me to write a blog about it because it was just awkward to talk about on the air. And so (laughs) I'm like, I'll only do it if there's no rules around it. Like I have to do it so many times I can talk about whatever I want. She's like, that's fine. And that actually felt like really good to share those sorts of things and have like, I was just getting really positive feedback. And so when our, my company at the time bought stock in a podcast company, I'm like, I wasn't allowed to start my own podcast on my own. So I asked like, can I start a podcast? I'd rather talk about my journey than write about it. And I'm like, if you want to do all the extra work, like go ahead. And I'm like, well, I do. And so I started that in January of 2018. Remind me, remind me the original name of the podcast. I was listening for the Wait original name. Yes, I was listening with the original name. And I remember that logo and everything. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's what my blog was called. And so then we started the podcast. And at first, like I didn't really have like direction with it. I was just like, I'm going to share my journey. And then like, maybe I'll interview people. And then the only thing was really set at that time was I wanted to, because again, like how I talked about how I didn't enjoy the experience of a Weight Watchers meeting. It's like, well, what if I could kind of create my own? So the podcast kind of was built around at the beginning, which if anybody goes back and listens to old pound this episodes, please don't. I'm sure they're terrible. But like, (laughs) is every Monday night, there was, I had three people come over to my house and we are all mic'd up for the podcast and it was on facebook live um it was called wait a minute live because that was also the name of the podcast and it was like we were all trying to like lose weight and be healthier and do our own things 
And the point of that was like almost like the Weight Watchers meeting of like what worked for you this week, what didn't work for you. And then we all kind of like swapped healthy recipes because we were in my kitchen and kind of cooking recipes. Um, so the, that was already designed to only last for three months. And so um, when that ended, through that process, I already started like interviewing on my podcast and doing well. And then I was um, contacted by Women's Health Magazine that they wanted to do a feature on me. And my management at the radio station was like, well, if you're gonna be featured in a national publication, we can't own the trademark to wait a minute like that's already like taken. It's like the name of a book. So like, mm -hmm. we don't want to promote something that we can't own. So then it went into this whole thing of like, how can we find a name that fits one, a name that I thought felt fitting for me and also was not taken already. Um, and a coworker of mine, uh, the guy that if you listen to my podcast and you listen to the very beginning and the guy that goes, um, sweet booty gains, uh -huh. um, <laughs> <laughs> he, He's the one that came up with the name Pound This. So his name is Pistol Pete, and he came up with the name Pound This because I needed a name that fitted me that wasn't taken. And he's just like, this sounds good, like pound, like weight, pound, like pound, you know, like you're going to punch a punching bag. He's like, and it sounds like porn. I'm like, that is perfection. <laughs> and then we Googled it, and it wasn't porn, in which we were shocked. And we're like, we have to get this. And so um, after, then we changed it to the pound this, and then I went to a podcast conference and they were talking about making daily content. So I'm like, that sounds like a good idea. And then I started doing all of that and like, it just became really successful in a ways that I don't think myself or anybody included, like we thought it was going to be as successful as it, it, it ended up becoming, which was amazing because that was part of the purpose of it. it was kind of started with that Weight Watcher sort of vibe of like, I had to do this. I didn't feel like I had my people. I felt really alone. I never found my crew to like kind of go through this process with. Like I had to figure it all out kind of by myself um, and like with some help of just like Googling. But even right. when I first started and the part I left out too, when I first started losing weight with my new year's resolution, my really good friend at the time started doing that with me. Like she was gonna do it with me. And the end of that January, she went on a trip with her parents where she's just like went off the rails. And when she came back, she never got back on. And I just kind of stayed with what I was doing. And that ultimately mm -hmm. ended up ending our friendship uh, months later, too. And so like that was kind of a, you know, that's where I'm like, oh, I was going to do this with a friend. And then I ended up right. losing this friendship because she would like call me and be like, I can tell you're walking right now. I'm like, so what? Ooh, ooh, so she was like a hater. She wasn't just yeah. like not doing it. She was hating on it. She was hating on it eventually because like I was, and I'm like, I'm not bothered. Like, why does it bother you that I'm walking? So that was a red flag. Like the three biggest red flags with that one was one, she was just like upset if she would call me and she could just hear that I was walking at the park. Um, one time we went out to a concert together and she was like pissed because she's like, you look cuter than me. And I'm ooh, like, that's so interesting. Right? I've had people that like weren't necessarily like supportive, but they weren't not support. Like you know, I've never yeah. had like a, that. Like I've, I've had plenty of internet haters, but not you know like, <laughs> like that's that's wild. Have you yeah. ever reconnected with her? Has there ever been any no. Like, nothing? No. And one of the last things where we went out to eat because well, there was a couple things we went out to eat, and then when I went up to go to the bathroom, she ordered a dessert for me. Um, wow. Yeah, that's, and, but that's like, fucked up. I know. And then there, she had a party at one point, like a dinner party. And I was there with a bunch of other people and her and they like cornered me. And I was like, I was drinking alcohol. Like I was drinking alcohol. I was eating the snacks. Like there was no, like I brought my own bag of celery and I'm judging all of you. Like I was uh -huh. getting, I was drinking and I was eating like the, you know, the mini corn dogs or whatever they had. And they were just like, we don't understand why you feel like you have to change your body. Like, why can't you just be happy with what your body is? Like, why are you doing this? Like, it was just like in my face confrontational. And I'm like, but I'm like, because I'm just like not happy with how my body is. And I, I want to change these things. And they're just like, why can't you just be happy in the body you're in now? And I'm like, I wish I could be, but I'm not. Right. So I'm like, I'm making some changes that do make me feel good of like, I, why are you guys shitting on me right now? Like, I, it's not like I came in there with any sort of judgment. Like, that's just kind of blew my mind. And so that kind of like, our, that friendship ended. And then, yeah, it was just kind of like, I, that's how my journey began. That was year one. And then the rest of the time- Are you telling a bunch of people to fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was hard too that, 
like my, and this is no shame on him at all, but like being alone in it is that my ex-husband just like, that like just did not have anything to do with healthy eating at all. And that, that's fine. That's his life. But like, he was mm-hmm. a person that could never gain weight. Like he just, well, was- I was going to ask you about that because a lot of times I think that people like have the expectation of like, I'm going to do this. My husband needs to get on board or my partner oh, yeah. needs to get on board. And I don't think that that is a fair expectation to put on your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also happen to have the luxury of a, I went through my weight loss journey at single living alone Then I moved in with a friend who was unhealthy, but at the time I was like solid enough that I could do that. But I also like would keep my food separate from hers. It was a little bit of a struggle, but then ultimately with, with my partner, Mark, um, you know, he is super supportive. So, 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 so I I can only speak from my experience, but I happen to have been dealt a good hand as far as that's concerned. So I did have that on my list of things to ask for, ask of you of what, what do you, what is your advice when somebody comes to you and they say, you know, I want to do this and I just don't feel like my, you know, my husband's not going to do it or my husband isn't supportive. Was, was he not supportive or was he just not going to do it with you? He was, he was definitely supportive of anything. And that's why, like, I mean, he was amazing that he loved me no matter what at every size, at every level of the journey, through the parts where I was crying on the kitchen floor to the parts where like when I was doing LA weight loss and we were just dating and like I was being so strict, like there, we worked at the same radio station together and we had a bunch of chicken wings left over. Like we had like 20 wings and I brought them back to my apartment because I knew he was going to come over to my apartment after he got off work. And I'm like, you know, like I got these chicken wings for you, except I binge ate them and I binged them and then I call him while he's at work crying about like, how I'm going to make myself throw up and I'm such a failure. And like, like he had to deal with crap like that all the time. And he was very supportive through it. So he was never not supportive. It was just not anything that was any of interest to him personally. And so that's like, well, my advice is just like, you can't, you got to take care of yourself. And even mm-hmm. through this, it's like, I'm taking care of me. You got to do like, I mean, I think that he will agree. He's like skinny fat. Like he eats like crap and I'm sure he still does. Maybe he hasn't. I don't know. We haven't been together for a while, but like, I, it's just that, you know, like, and also being skinny doesn't equal healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. so it was one of those things where I'm like, I would, if he ever told me how to eat, I would have been like, you are out of here. Like no (laughs) one's going to come in my house and tell me how I need to eat or how I need to look or like you need to go on this diet with me and be like, I do what I want. And so like, I would never expect him to do that because I would, if he did that to me, he would have been gone. (laughs) And he knows that. And so that's where I'm like, this is your life. You can make those choices. So that's where like, I never had any animosity towards that, but it would have been nice if he would have been like wanting to do those things with me. Like, yeah, that would have been great. But like it would still, but he also just never understood. He never had food food issues. He'd right. never been any sort of like emotional eater. He's like one of those people that's just like could not go to the grocery store unless he was hungry. He's like, I can't mm-hmm. even think about food unless I'm hungry. I'm like, oh my God, I can't like I always think about food. <laughs> and so you. like we're just so different in those ways of like, yeah, like that's he just did his own thing right. and I did mine. But ultimately so like we did that, I did that because ultimately I wanted to take care of myself and it obviously made me so much better. But I will say the thing that I, you know, the, uh, you hear so many people like have breakups are hard issues because like one person you're dieting together, one person falls off or you have like all those issues together. But like, I guess like it was, and this was, you know, a large discussion with us, but it also kind of just kind of like separated us and had us drift off because we are no longer mm-hmm. eating meals together. So, and the only time we would eat together is if I would eat like crap. So it's like, I would have mm-hmm. to go against what I was building and, and my choices to join him. And right. like, and that was nothing malicious behind it. That's just kind of how it was. And so like, then here comes this like rift in the middle of two different lifestyles of, you know, I mean, we were together for a decade after this new year's resolution, but it also just kind of, it does kind of, at least in my case, kind of, kind of puts him. Well, did he get into any of the movements? Like aside from just the food part of your healthy lifestyle, how about the other things that you were engaging in? Did he want to, did he have any interest in that? Um, He would go, well, I mean, he liked going on walks with me. So when we lived in Denver, we enjoyed going on walks. Uh, We went on walks and we lived in Oregon. As far as like hiking goes, I kind of had to bribe him with pizza and beer at the end. Um, (laughs) 
really his jam. But that was also where I'm like, hey, oh, like if you go on this like hard hike with me, we can get pizza. And right. Do one of my things. We'll do one of your things. Yeah. Well, and I think that it comes down to like time. You know, we spend a lot of time uh, in, when we're investing in our health, whether it be with our activities or our food prep or whatever it is. And we only have so much spare time outside of our work time that, you know, we want to spend those t- that time with our partners. Right. Yeah. Um, and Jess is somebody who has, so Mark and I met like when I was already well on my way through my journey, but Jess has been with her husband um, through it all, through, uh, through mm-hmm. weight loss, through pregnancies, through all of the things. Mm-hmm. So she can probably speak on that too. Yeah. Yeah. He's been super supportive. Uh, again, not an active participant in, yeah. in the things that I'm doing. I mean, lately now I, he started to pick up on some of the things, you know, adding in egg whites with his eggs and doing some of the small things that have started to kind of catch on. But I think that that comes too from, you know, being a dad of two and trying to like look out for the boys and make sure mm-hmm. that he's like implementing some of these things he's seen me do over the years. But yeah, he's, he's seen me at my heaviest. He's seen me at my smallest. He's seen me give birth. So he's, <laughs> he's been through the ringer and um, yeah, supportive, but does his own thing. And we just kind of, I don't know, we figure it out. I usually do, you know, kind of like modifications. So like if you want something that's a little bit less nutritious, then I'll figure out how I can modify that to fit in with what, what I want to be doing. Um, and let him, you know, if he wants to have his double cheeseburgers and whatever, like that's, that's on him. I'm choosing not to partake in that. Yeah, no, I feel that hundred percent. So, and I think that, you know, in my experience too, of doing a podcast and being a coach, that was everything I heard a lot was like, I can't do this because my, my family's not doing it. And again, like you're just saying, like there's workarounds, like we can, mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. can change up the sides of what we're making, or we can kind of make some like if like you can make it work. It's yep. just it's work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And totally. so, it's like, yeah, it's just a, that's sort of stuff too. And again, where it's like it's always going to get hard. Like there's always going to like I mean that's with anything. You're going to have the hard parts, and you're going to have the parts where you're feeling awesome, and it's pulling back to the things like and especially like where where I'm at now of like it's not like being a certain size anymore that like wants to attract me to it. It's like, how do I feel like that? And I was actually just um, talking to someone um, about like where I'm like, <clears throat> I'm, I, I've like gained weight in the past year of where, I mean, definitely from where I've been from like, like my very lowest weight. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, is this, you know, tell me why you feel like, bad about your body. I'm like, I don't feel bad about it. And I don't feel bad about the weight. And I don't feel bad about my self image. I'm like, I'd say where I feel bad is I don't feel fit. Like I don't, I think that's where like the difference between me now and where I've been in the past is I'm like, I know how I feel when I feel like no brain fog and I feel like awake and I feel energized and I feel strong. And I just feel like, you know, I can squat down. No problems. Yeah, a badass. That's that level of badassery. <laughs> Yeah. Like, and just like, that's, that's what I like, I crave and I can tell when I'm not feeling that I'm not at my best. So it's not as much focusing on what my weight looks like or how I look as much is like, when I feel like that, it doesn't matter what size I am. I feel like I can take over the world. I just need to have that feeling. And I know for me, having that feeling is when I'm I'm staying super hydrated, when I'm eating cleaner, when I'm not hungover. <laughs> and <Amen>. so <laughs> when I'm being like very consistent with my exercise and it's all those things, it's like, it's nothing crazy. Like, again, it's like, it's not like I'm having to do like these insane 90 minute workouts, six days a week to feel that way. It's, those are the things that like I've learned. And I think we've, all of us could probably speak to, you go in this like spectrum from being the like eating Cinnabons to like over exercising and like mm-hmm. being so super strict to then like having to kind of find this like middle ground, but it's almost like you have to be on both ends so you could find the middle. Well, I had to, so I went through like, like you're like really focusing on a health phase now over a physique phase. And that was essentially like how I started with Jason because I was, I had to, there was nothing else that I could do at that point. And so I guess we could bring it back. So what, so you had, Jill Christine Fit on your podcast. I love following her. Um, that was the first episode that I listened to. And then I became an addict and a fan. And um, eventually, it wasn't that far afterwards, Jason was on, um, who I ultimately hired as my coach. 
And I was looking for a coach because I was really struggling and knew that the, you know, quantity was there, but not the quality. Um, and after listening to him on your podcast, I was like, this is my guy. And I hired him. And I, the first phase that I went through, I, I think I put on like 15 pounds. I looked better, but I didn't. I was pissed. I was pissed. <laughs> it was the only thing that I could do. I mean, like he had my labs run and they're like, my cortisol was sky high. My insulin was sky high. My estrogen was off the charts. My testosterone was like everything that could be wrong with me was wrong with me. It was like, and I've looked at my labs recently when I first started with him and I'm like, holy shit, there were a lot of things going on there. But in order for me to regain my health and also to help with my healing, my relationship with food, um, so that I could really be consistent with a fat loss plan, I had to kind of like, I don't want to say take step steps back. Cause I don't think that's the right way to describe it, but I needed to focus on other things. I needed my goals to shift. And when we were, we were when we were talking a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how there is that like that ebb and flow and that your goals are going to change. And that this, you know, that's part of, that's part of the game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's just kind of crazy because, um, the second time I had Jason on my podcast, he came in and he's like, you know, some like girl in Denver hired me from like your podcast. I'm like, what? Shut up. And he's like, yeah, she's just like a listener. I'm like, who? Tell me who she is. I have to find her. <laughs> Oh, I don't remember. I think I, did I slide in your DMs first or did you reach? I think I reached out to you and I like thanked you for the connect. And then, but I didn't think you were going to answer because I thought, you know, you're just like this podcast, you know, this podcast radio lady, she's not going to answer me. And you were like always so nice and genuine and, and timely with your responses and supportive as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, yeah, I can I guess maybe you did write me first or like, I know when Jason told me that I was just like, I was like, oh my God. Like, and that was one of the things mm -hmm. too, of like, again, like we're like sharing my journey and becoming and just where it became more of like turning it into a career um, as well as part of my lifestyle is just like, man, like how like much you can like impact people of like, you know, I felt like I struggled and then felt like so alone and through all this stuff. And I'm like, man, like people are finding their coaches and their trainers and everything because, you know, I decided to create this thing. I'm like, that's really neat. I just thought that was like, it's so powerful. And it's like, it's, it's easy to like forget about too. <laughs> so it's like, you have yeah. to like remind yourself too of like, of, you know, these like important moments of like, you're, you're being vulnerable and you're sharing like hard things about yourself and how much like that can completely shift somebody's world around. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's hard because you've like, how many podcasts have you done now? Like almost a thousand podcasts or something or eight, eight uh, something? It's 800. The last one. Oh, and then bummed because I recorded a really good one last week. And then he asked, he said that he didn't like it and asked me to scrap it to re-record it. Yeah. But well, now that, that one, now that we've been talking for 58 minutes, I think we're going to have to start over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would have been episode 807. So at the time, I don't know when you're going to release this. And like, um, I'm re-recording with him later this week. But um, yeah, that was supposed to come out yesterday. Yeah, I mean, which were, like, again, I'm like, I'm going to respect that. I'm not going to like release something that you said. Right. No, I'm, I'm totally, I'm kidding. Um, but I'll, I'll, but I'll continue to remind you the impact that you've had on my life. And then the web that it's built out to hundreds and hundreds of other people at this point. It's so, so cool. And it was so cool last summer when you had that event to celebrate your podcast, because I was kind of like nervous about it because I'd never been in that situation. Um, but I'll tell you that like I left that event and I was like in my feels. I was like, this is amazing what this woman has done. And a lot of my clients showed up that found me through you. And it was like, I, it was, it was amazing. It was really, really just, uh, it, it was an awesome day. And I left with just like, you know, I, I, I can't even describe for a woman with a lot of words, you left me speechless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That's where, yeah, it was really cool, but it, it's, it's so hard with that event that like so much work went into that, mm -hmm. that it was like so stressful day of, it was really hard for me to kind of like absorb the moment. Um, but I'm like, sure. that, it, was, it, it was overwhelming for me and I wasn't running it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not only run, it was just like, I mean, I, that, that went from concept to being done in late 2021 was when the first conversation happened. So, I mean, it was like nine months of planning and doing all of this, like, and I've never planned a big event like that before. So, but like, I know that one of the most, I mean, the whole thing was just amazing and it, it went off really great, but like a moment for me where I just kind of got to sit and like really kind of reflect was what I thought was really amazing is when it was over, 
So like everybody was done speaking. It was like, thanks for coming. Here's birthday cake that like everyone stayed. Like no one just like uh-huh. out of the room and everybody just like, there was so many people that like didn't know each other, but like we're just chatting with all these new strangers. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like everybody like wants to just stay and chat with their new friends. And like, they've already spent like eight hours here and they're gonna stay even longer to like just hang out and like just discuss. And like, that's like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> it's your it's your superpower connecting people and keeping it real. Um, you know, and, and, and it's been such an honor that you have kind of like, you know, taken me along for the ride a little bit. Um, but you know, the impact that you've had on my life has been profound. And, and I thank you for that. And I thank you for coming on and, and do, doing me a solid coming on our baby podcast here. Um, oh, no, that's awesome. I'm like, I'm so hyped to be a guest. On your yeah, podcast. well, you want to come back sometime? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so like to were, talk. <laughs> I mean, I'm always here. To talk. Anytime that um, Amanda and I record podcasts, we end up talking for like at least two hours, usually. Yeah, right? I'm like not recording the whole time. But you, but it's, I'm so lucky that, you know, we've developed a friendship in this process too, which is super cool. Um, awesome. So if you were to give... What was that? I was going to say, and like everything that you've done and created is just like amazing too. Like, it's just, it's awesome. Like, it's just how many women that you help in the team that you've developed. And like, I don't know, it's it's amazing. Well, our webs are very interconnected here and it's all been very, you know, organic and, you know, and all such good people that have, you know, that have walked into our lives. It's really amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, So what, what would be one piece of advice that you would give for somebody if they were starting their journey? And this is the, this is the time that they're going to do it. Um, I would say that you can accomplish anything you want as long as you believe in yourself. That I think it starts with your mindset of that I can do this, of not to be like, I can't, or I failed before, or it's not going to work out this way. And I think it's also to not have a, like a specific roadmap where you think it's going to go because it's never going to happen the way you think it's going to. <laughs> You're at so all. Right. Like it is ne- it's never, could you in your wildest dreams actually imagine the way it's actually going to work? So I'd say let go of this intricate plan of what are you think it's going to be and then just start with I believe in myself and I can do this. Whatever that is, like just be like you can do it and by having that just that mindset alone will take you wherever you want to go. I love that. And I love and I've said to many people before where you started of saying I'm going to make the best choice in whatever situation that I'm in and there's so much value to just that alone. Um, and it takes the pressure off. I, I do say that to a lot of people, I, you know, end quote, Amanda Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jess, you want to ask the fun question? Oh, yes. Uh, if you could have one food be calorie and consequence free, what food would that be for you? French fries. Ooh, mm. we all went for cheese and we've asked this question on every podcast now. And we did our first with me, Jess and Taylor, our other assistant coach. And we all picked cheese items. Oh, I mean, I do. I am a cheese slut. So, I mean, I love cheese. But I don't potatoes, man. French fries. Potatoes yeah. in any sort of way, like mashed potatoes, French fries, like any kind of potato. Is that where the kale chips fit in? Is there like your potato chip like replacement? Yeah, uh, like it's got that like where you can have the like mm-hmm. uh, quantity or you know, like mm-hmm. you're just mm-hmm. the volume mm-hmm. and it's kind of yeah. like eating chips. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely, I mean, it's not the same thing as potatoes, but. No. <laughs> I've always been, I, you know what? I always said for a long time that I was on the in the pursuit of crunch because when you do start eating healthy, you really do have to put some effort into having some crunch in your life. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, I can't eat a salad unless there's something crunchy in there. Like I need to throw some nuts in there or just something like I use broccoli slaw a lot Mm -hmm. um, just because it's like adds texture to just lettuce. Because if it's just lettuce, yeah, uh -uh. Yeah, I do the coleslaw (laughs) mix. I just bought some today. I've been doing like vinegar based slaws lately. My husband loves mayonnaise. It's like his favorite food, like any put mayonnaise in anything, potato salad, mac salad, you name it. Mark Mm -hmm. loves it. Um, but I made like a vinegar based coleslaw and he likes it. And I was like, you have no idea how many calories this is saving you. <laughs> a lot. I have an And idea. he doesn't like the light mayo. He's like, it's not the same. I can't do the light mayo. I have to have the real mayo. And I was like, all right, well now we like the, we like the, you know, savory, uh, you know, vinegar slaw. Have you tried, have you tried using Greek yogurt? 
Um, I will, I will use that. He can't, he just can't, he's like very specific with the mayo. It needs to be a different thing, but if I, but he likes having like salad, like that kind of like bite stuff in the fridge. Yeah. So if I make it that way, he will. And if I, if I make it with mayo, I'll do half regular, half light mayo. Just try to like, you know, curve it a little bit and he won't notice, but yeah, we, we, we mess around with all this stuff, but you know, and he's, he's pretty good about like, you know, balancing quality and quantity. Um, so he's pretty mindful of that, but you know, I, that the coleslaw thing he's been liking lately. Nice. Success. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, here we are talking about food again. We can talk about food all day. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, well, Amanda, where can people find you? Um, I, and you know, where get all, give me all your stats. Um, you can find me on Instagram at you can pound this. Uh, it's not a porn bot. That's me. <laughs> and, <laughs> so many people think I'm a porn bot. <laughs> Um, you can find my podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, just look up Pound This. And um, my website, if you're interested in just looking at my website, if you want to see a picture of me in my bra, you can go to amandavalentinebites.com. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the Been There, Lost That podcast. Our motto here is do it right soon enough to do it once. Um, Amanda, good bomb. So appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me.